Good morning. This is D.A. Brooks once again coming to you on a woman after God's own heart. Thanking God for another day. God is good. And we know that this year we're in pursuit of God. And to pursue God, there must be prayer. Prayer is vital. Like they say, water to a fish is prayer to a saint of God. And as women after God's own heart, we are the ones who guide our house, whether you're single or married, uh, whether you have children or not, you're still that guide in your house. And we know that God is first. He leads the family. If you have a husband, the husband is ahead over the wife. The wife is ahead over the children. But Christ is the head of the church. So as the man follows Christ, then that woman is to be in subjection unto her own husband. And we're all to be in subjection unto Christ. I just thank God for another day. Um, the thought I had today is on intercessors. We all should be intercessors. Some of us, um, they're, they're what you call prayer warriors. Now, I need to do more research on seeing where's prayer warriors in Scripture. However, it may not be in those terms, but it has the same meaning. And in the Scriptures today, I have gone to uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And if you read that, it is talking about the parable of the woman and the judge. And also in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is teaching how to pray. And uh, this prayer is definitely an intercessory prayer, as well as supplications, giving up thanks. So he's teaching us how to pray, the things that we should do when we pray. Intercessors are, are leaders in prayer. We, we, we are mediators. An intercessor is one who intervenes or moderates between the differing parties. Uh, and it says particularly in the act of praying to God on behalf of another person. We pray for our unsaved loved ones. We pray for healing, deliverance. Um, we pray for situations that only God can move on and fix it for us. I know we know that we give him all the glory and all the thanks. And I want to just say a short prayer right now. Lord, I thank you for another day, another opportunity to dig more into your word, to help us to understand what we read, Lord, and help us to even do our research even off the recording. Let your will be done in our lives, Lord, and teach us how to pray. As John, as as as, as the Bible said that John taught his disciples. And the Lord gave us a um, and I thank you, Lord, for all things. So the Lord gave us a model of prayer in Matthew as well, when he was telling his disciples how to pray. So prayer is throughout the Bible, and we know that prayer is communication, communing with God. Um and in James, it talks about the effectual, fervent prayer 
of a righteous man availeth much. So our prayers, we have different uh, types of prayer, different modes of prayer, different moods of prayer, different movings of prayer. So we want to dig a little bit into the intercessory prayer. And prayer can be a firewall. It's a protection that when we acknowledge God in all our ways, he hears us and he directs our path. We don't have to lean to our own understanding. We don't have to depend on ourselves because we cannot take care of ourselves. It takes God. So to be the intercessor, we want to intervene on the behalf of others. We want to stand in the gap. You know, also Abraham did the same thing for Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord said, should I hide this thing that I'm about to do for my servant Abraham? So he let him know what he was about to do. He was about to go in to destroy those two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Abraham had a heart for the people. So he started, as it were, bargaining with God. Quote, unquote, Lord, if there be... 50, if there be 40, if there be 30. And he and the Lord was letting him know, well, if I find what you say in there, then I won't destroy the city. But Abraham also had a relative. Family was in Sodom and Gomorrah. His nephew Lot. And the Lord went to the cities to destroy. He sent his angels. And he didn't find no one but Lot. But he was willing to spare Lot and his family. So he pulled them out. Lot, his wife, his, his children. But the, but the husbands of his daughters, they stayed on the side of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in their going, they were told not to even look back. But Lot's wife, she looked back. And she was destroyed right there, turned into a pillar of salt. But the main thrust of this lesson today is intercessors. We are to be intercessors. Abraham was an intercessor. The woman, um, the, the widow, she was really intercessing, being an intercessor. Uh, she wanted the Lord. She was pleading. She was really doing a supplication. That her prayer was straight to the Lord, doing a supplication. And I want to read, starting at Luke 18, chapter 18, verse 2, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said in verse 6, Hear what the unjust judge says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? That key verse to me is, Yet because this widow troubleth me, day and night, constantly pleading, that's the supplication, the begging, the intercessory, the prayer, looking to the Lord, 
to do what she could not do. The Lord will fix what could not be fixed. He will do what cannot be done, and he'll undo what needs to be undone. So let us go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And Paul is, is exhorting Timothy in this prayer. He says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We have supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Those are four key points in the prayer that Paul is giving to Timothy. And to be an intercessor is a leader trait. We go to God on behalf of our family, on behalf of our community, on behalf of our enemies, because we're to love them, on behalf of our friends, through sickness, through trouble, we go to God. And to supplicate, that's that's a uh, a pulling, a begging, um, an exhortation, a, a pressing. It's a giving out yourself. It's that fervency. It's that relying on God, trusting in God. Lord, I know you can do this like Abraham. It was a supplication. Each time he did not give up. He just kept going to God on behalf of the people. And that's that supplication. We keep going to God. We don't give up. We keep our prayers before the Lord. But we also, we're going to go to him in faith. With faith because we know that he's the one that can do it. We believe in him. We trust in him. We lay it all on the altar to him. We supplicate. We pray. We thank God, yes. So we want to be a woman after God's own heart, to be that persistent intercessor, to be that one that will go to God, to to have a life pleasing to God where he knows that he'll hear us. And if we're a woman after God's own heart, we always acknowledge him. We always give him the praise. In the beginning of the sample of the Lord's Prayer, uh, Jesus told him, and when you pray, pray our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're acknowledging him. We're giving glory to God. We're respecting him. We're reverencing him in prayer. We're giving him all the praise. All the glory and all the honor is thine, O Lord. We're acknowledging you as the only one true and living God the only one who can help us in every situation, all through our life. Whatever the need may be, Lord, you can meet that need. Whatever the circumstance, you can change the circumstance, Lord, or you can change us. Because prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes the situation. And with prayer, prayer, the ministry of prayer, We cannot do anything of ourselves. It takes God. And we need to position ourselves that we have the ministry of prayer 
Prayer should come before everything. If the Lord is our God, we put He is He is first. He is omnipotent. He is the one we bow to and serve to, love and adore. We we want to walk up right before Him, so that when we come to Him in prayer. And even we intercede on the behalf of other people to make a difference in their lives. God hears us. He loves us. You know, interceding uh, for other people, one book I was reading says it makes a difference in the history of their lives. Yes, God will change things for us. Praise the Lord. And he allowed David not to be killed by Saul because Saul was on David's trail. He was on his track. He came to kill him. He hunted him down. But the Lord changed that situation around where Saul was in the in the cave sleeping. Didn't even realize David was on his heels. But David didn't do him any harm. He cut off his skirt, but that even bothered him. Why? Because he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man who was willing to to acknowledge God and his ways. He was a man who had a heart for God. He was a man who pulled on God. He was a man who worshipped God and praised God. So we want to be that woman who do the same for our family, for our situations, for our country even. We should not neglect to pray for our country to get into that fervency of prayer, to get into that deep effectual, let prayer have an effect. When prayer has an effect on a situation, that brings about the change. That brings about deliverance in the lives, in our lives, and in the lives of others. So we want to cultivate a heart of prayer so that we can enjoy the blessings, so that we can enjoy the benefits we want to be devoted to prayer. And and sometimes in the beginning, or maybe you don't quite know how to get into prayer, prayer is all through scripture. The book of Psalm, the, the Psalm is really divided into four books. I think it's five books. Correct me if I'm wrong. But there's prayer all through Psalms. And if you don't know how to pray, Once you devote yourself to reading the word of God, God will instruct you how to pray. When you commit yourself to praying, God will lead you and guide you into prayer. You have to have the spirit of God to take over the prayer. You want to submit yourself to God in prayer, that he takes over the prayer, that he leads the prayer and guides the prayer. The Bible also says, make your request known unto God. And we go to God in the time of help. In the time of need, we ask for love and, and mercy and grace to help us in the time of our need, in the time of our friends' needs, in the time of our country needs. Praise the Lord. So let us have that relationship developed in prayer. Let us be that woman after God's own heart that we have that ministry of prayer, that we be in pursuit of God, that we 
be committed and submitted, knowing that God hears us. You know, the Bible says he hears us even before we call. He hears us even before we say it, because our heart is turned toward him. Yeah, so prayer, also there's some, a couple points that prayer also does. Prayer increases our faith. Prayer provides a place to unload our burdens because the Lord said, cast all your cares upon me for, for I care for you. The Lord cares for us. And so we can cast all our cares upon him. Prayer teaches us that God is always near. Prayer trains us, trains us not to panic. And as I said earlier, it changes our lives. Yes, prayer will change your thought pattern. You'll begin to get delivered in prayer and think according to the will of God. And as you incorporate scripture in your prayer, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a help. It's a building up of the confidence of your faith. The building up of your faith in God. And in that last scripture that we read about the woman at the well, the Lord says, shall I not find faith in the land? We go to God because we believe him and we trust him. We go to God because he is our everything. We can do nothing of ourselves. He gives us life, health, and strength. He keeps us day by day. He is our source for everything. We're here because of him. We didn't make ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. And the book of Psalm 100 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Yes, and we're going to bless the Lord. We want to bless the Lord at all times. Because when we bless the Lord at all times, that means the praises will continually be in my mouth. See, all times and continually, they go together. So blessing the Lord is worshiping him. Blessing the Lord is reverencing him. Blessing the Lord is adoring him. Blessing the Lord is acknowledging him and thanking him, being grateful. We're grateful unto God. He don't want us to murmur, grumble, and complain. But even when you're prayer with thanksgiving, you're making your request known unto God. Don't, don't neglect to praise him. Don't neglect to be thankful unto him. But let's make up in our minds in 2019 that we're going to be in pursuit of God. We're going to be that intercessor on behalf of our community, on behalf of our family, on behalf of our nation. We're going to pray for the saints of God. We got to pray for one another. We got to lift each other up. The Bible says bear one another's burdens. Let the strong bear the help and bear the weak. But we got to do it through prayer. Because if we're strong, we're only strong through God. Yes, and then we can we can be that effectual saint. We can have that fervency in prayer. And God will lift us up and he'll take us through. Some things he won't move, but he'll change you to go through. Yes, God is a is a awesome God. 
signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. And that's what we want in our lives. We want to be effective as a saint of God. We want to be that change agent through prayer. So let's be that woman after God's own heart and building each other up through prayer. And thank God for the intercessors. Amen. Good afternoon. It is February the 3rd, 2019. February is here. January has come and gone. The new year is moving right along. It reminds me of last year. Before you knew it, when you got into a month, it was already half gone. But I thank God for another day. Thank God for being so good to us, being so mindful of us, and caring for what we care about. He's concerned about us. So today I want to talk about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. Thank God for the Spirit of God. And we need the Holy Ghost. Just like the Lord told his disciples before he was ascended to go to Jerusalem and wait on the Spirit of God because he was going to send the Comforter to come. And we need to wait on the Holy Ghost. Some say Holy Ghost. Some say Holy Spirit. Same thing. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of the living God. And he wants to dwell within us. Take up his residence in us. His abode in us. So that we can do his will uh, effectively. We want to be effective change agents for God. We are his ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Well, I'm going to start at, um, I guess I'll start at verse 7. And he said unto them, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. He's letting them know that uh, you don't know the times or the seasons. You don't know when the Lord is coming back. And in one scripture, it talks about Jesus knowing only the Father knows. Uh-huh. And the next verse, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That means we're going to get power from the Lord after we receive his spirit dwelling on the inside of us. And to continue, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now this promise was to the disciples, but there's another scripture that tells us that the Lord has promised to send us a comforter. And when the comforter has come, which is the Holy Ghost, he's going to lead and teach us and guide us into all truths. We can't make it without the Holy Ghost. We can't be anointed without the power of God dwelling on the inside of us. And um, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost is the fruit of the Spirit and the speaking of tongues. That's the evidence that we have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us so that we can be witnesses, so that we can be effective witnesses for Christ. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord draws you to Him. Lord draws us to God by His Spirit. He saves us through the precious blood of Jesus Christ by His Spirit. 
But once we have received him and confessed him and believed on him, then we have to be endued, endowed with power from on high. We have to wait, just like the disciples had to go into the upper room and wait till the Spirit of God comes in and fills them. And we know that, um, let's look at verse number nine. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Jesus went on back and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These are angels. Verse 11, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And I just want to let you know, I'm reading for the King James Version. And then let's jump to, uh, no, let's stay with it. Let's go to verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. They traveled a Sabbath day's journey into Jerusalem because that's where Jesus instructed them to go. Verse 13. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. Verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren, the Lord sent the disciples and the women. And it doesn't even say how many women. So men and women, we need the spirit of God. Now this, uh, podcast is about, uh, a woman after God's own heart, but you also see where it was the men and the women. We have to all be after God's own heart. And not only that, we have to pursue God. And when we want to do the will of God and be anointed by God, we have to have the Holy Ghost. We have to have the power of God on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. And as I was in church this morning, and as the preacher was preaching, I had this this thought. We need a Holy Ghost experience. We need to speak in a prayer language. If we're going to be women after God's own heart, we have to be devoted and consecrated to prayer. We have to strive to please God. We have to pray when we feel like it and pray when we don't. We have to be, uh, be able to pray at the drop of a hat. We have to have a prayer language as well. So that thought today was a Holy Ghost experience. We need to speak in prayer language to our Heavenly Father. And you know, the Bible talks about us uh, praying in the Spirit. So if we begin to pray with our own mind and our own thoughts, that's good because now we're going to begin to open up ourselves so that God can fill us. Open up ourselves so that the Holy Ghost can take over the prayer. And you will have that personal experience if you do that and no one can take it from you. So this is how we come into the presence of God, that we get into a humble position to begin to seek him, to begin to pray, to begin to let the Lord have his way. And you know, when, when the Spirit of God 
comes to the earth. It's an impact from heaven. When, when the spirit meets you, it's an impact. It causes a change. When the supernatural meets the natural, it's amazing how the coming into the presence of God affects us on the inside and on the outside. When we open up our heart, and that's our minds, when we get everything else off of our thoughts and we focus on him and we begin to pray and praise. You know, in Timothy, um, let me go see which one it is. I, I think it's 2 Timothy, uh, where Paul is giving instructions how to pray. I think it's 1 Timothy, sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, how to do these prayers and these supplications effectively? We can of ourselves. It's by the Spirit of God. We know that we need Him. We want to uh, make intercession for our family, our friends, for our enemies, for the world, for our community, for our nation. We want to make intercession. We want to be that one that stands in the gap. We want to be that one that helps pull someone out of the fire. And if you read your Bible, it talks about pulling them out of the fire. That means uh, uh, giving them a word so that the Spirit of God can go and have an effect on them and bring them out of darkness, bring them out of sin, bring them into the revelation and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Bring them into the light because, you know, sin is darkness and, the, and, and light has no comprehension with the darkness. When there's light, there is no darkness. So we want to pull them out of darkness. And by doing that, that means we are supplicating. We are uh, making intercession to God in our prayers. And in James, I think, uh, I think it's chapter five. I'm not sure that. Yes, it's chapter five, verse 16. Uh, let's say the whole whole scripture. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. We need to pray for each other. And the other half of that verse is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that righteous man is humankind. Humankind. It avails much. It's, it causes something to happen. Uh, we let go and we let God, when we humble ourselves before him and submit our, our ways unto him and our thoughts, we give over ourselves to him. And it's not our will, but his will that we want done in our lives and in the lives of others. He didn't just come to give us and nobody else. He said, you freely receive, you give, give and let the Lord have his way in our life. And in, uh, I believe it's 2 Chronicles 7 and seven and 14, is it? Let me go. These scriptures are just coming to me now. I didn't, I hadn't planned on going to, to these particular scriptures, but they're so relevant in our prayer life. We need a prayer life and not just a prayer life. We need a strong prayer life. And what is prayer but communication with God, communing with him in the spirit. 
And when you commune, it's, it's God talking to you. It's you talking to God. It's you supplicating. It's you making intercession. It's you praying. It's you giving praise to God. We have to have prayer and praise to God. And so 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people, as women of God, we are his people, which are called by his name, called by my name, it says, shall humble themselves. And the first and the second thing it says after humbling yourselves and pray. We have to humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Anything that's not God's way is wicked because his ways are holy. And the verse continues to say, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. He's going to forgive our sins and he's going to heal our land. We want to pray. We want to be an effective change agent. We need the power of God in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost. We need to have God in our lives. And we want the Spirit of God to lead us into prayer, to take us over into prayer. We want to give ourselves up. Paul was addicted to the gospel. We want to be addicted to prayer. We can't do without prayer. We want to pray in them in the morning, pray them in the noonday, pray to him in the evening. Daniel prayed three times a day. He was a faithful witness for Christ. Um, they tried to set him up to kill him by throwing him in the lion's den, having him to be thrown in the lion's den. But God was with him. God saved him and kept him. But he prayed before the attack. If we pray before the attack, God will take us through. He'll deliver us. Sometimes he'll uh, divert the attack. And, or when the attack comes, you, he won't let it harm you. He'll shield you through the attack. God is a good God. But we want to have the Holy Ghost. We want to have that impact. And um, if you're reading the book of Acts, you can begin to see all the wonderful works that the Lord had done after the disciples, which were now called apostles, Receive the Holy Ghost. And when they received the Holy Ghost, they began to speak in another language. Some unknown tongues, some were the tongues uh, that the people round about knew that the disciples weren't learned men. So how could they know to speak the wonderful works of God in a language that they had never spoken before? That is the power of God. That is the Holy Ghost. That is the Spirit of God. It is not us. It is him, but we want to let him operate and move in us so that we can cause a change in our lives and in others, in others' lives. Praise God. And so I want to find uh, where they were talking about the disciples, the apostles, when they received the Holy Ghost. That's in chapter 2 of, verse, of, of Acts starting at the first verse. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And you know, the first chapter talked about them going to the upper room and they were all in one place on one accord in prayer and praise. And then verse two, and suddenly, suddenly, it doesn't take God all day. You want God's spirit to be manifested in your life? Pray, seek God. 
Consecrate yourself. Dedicate yourself. Get a focus. Let nothing else be more important than seeking the spirit of God in your life. And verse two, and says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, as of a rushing mighty, a sound. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, where they were gathered together on one accord. God came in the midst. There was no division that one accord. There was no division, one doing one thing and one doing another. They all had their mind on God. They all was looking to God to do what he said he would do. In verse 3, and there appeared. Now that means they saw something. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire. It looked like fire, shaped like fire. And it sat upon each of them. And verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. That means another language. As the Spirit gave them utterance, as the Spirit came up and spoke through them, they began to speak. The Holy Ghost uses your tongue, your vocal cords, and speaks when you yield yourself, when you let go and let him have his way inside of you. And there, in verse 5, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. All the Jews from every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came. So they spread this, this uh, incident. They told people about this. So a multitude came together, many people. And they were confounded because that every man heard them speaking his own language. They're hearing these apostles and the women that are all gathered together. They're speaking in somebody else's language, not their own native tongue. And they were all amazed and marveled. You know, people are going to marvel at you and they're going to be amazed listening to you speaking the wonderful works of God in their own language. And they sang one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue where we were born? And then you keep go on and verse 9 and verse 10 and verse 11, they list all the different uh, countries, the nations. And in verse 12, it says, I mean, pardon me, verse 11, it says, the Cretes and the Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. The Holy Ghost is speaking. He's saying something. He's not just speaking just to make noise. He's saying something. He's speaking to God. He's speaking about the wonderful works of God. He's praising. Yes. And verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? So some of them didn't understand what it meant. Others mocked, you know, people might mock you, but that's okay. You still need the power of God. You need him in your life. You need him in your, in your, to, to dwell on the inside of you. So not just to speak in tongues, but that is an evident sign. And another evident sign is the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. And it says, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. This is the fruit. You're going you're gonna to bear fruit. It, it's going to be noticed. This is your character. This is the characteristics of the Holy Ghost. You have to know that you have him dwelling on the inside. Yes. And in St. John, um, I believe it's chapter 15, when you talk about the fruit of the spirit, the Lord wants us to bear good fruit. We have to bear good fruit. Yes. And it says in verse five, 
is it verse five I want? Uh, no, let's go to verse one and two. Sorry. Chapter 15 of St. John. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now you don't want to be taken away. You want to bear fruit so that you can grow in Christ and continues. It says, and every branch that bear fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. That means some things that are not according to God's will. He has to cut it. He has to cut it off. It's got to go. He's going to purge it out of you so that you can even bring forth more fruit. And now you are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. So we want to abide in him and he's abide in us. And we can't bear fruit by ourselves. That's why we need the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the living God. We want the fruit of the spirit. Yes, praise God. And so that really is more of what I want to speak on today. The Holy Ghost experience. Yes, will bring about the prayer experience, the prayer and the praise to God. And he will lead you and guide you, knowing, teaching you how to pray, how he wants you to pray. Because we don't know of ourselves. We don't know anything. We can't do nothing of ourselves. It takes God. And we want to be able to come into the presence of God so that he can do something for us and to us and through us. So that we can share. So that we can be anointed to do what he's called us to do. To know your assignment in him. Yes. And never give up on your faith. Stay faithful to God. Stay humble before God. So that the supernatural can meet the natural. And wonderful and marvelous things can happen in your life as a woman after God's own heart. And you can share it and it can happen in the lives of others. Be blessed.